Hello, this is Retta Rainbow, and thank you for tuning in to Sister Love. So glad to have you here. I know a lot of y'all are kicking back, enjoying the weekend, if it's the weekend. And for some of you all, it is Monday, so happy Monday and make it count. I am here with a dear friend and colleague, Deanna. She is going to be our special guest today, and we're going to talk through her career journey, but then also find out how did she get into what I call the humanities, like she is on fire. She has a, I call it a podcast, but she has a video um, format segment that she does with her partner that is really, really good. I'm going to let her tell you about it. She also writes um, for student affairs associations. Um, she's done some published work through SACSA. Um, she has also, I've read a couple of her, I'm going to call it a blog, um, but she's had some like specific subject writings that she's done and it's been really, really cool. And so I want us to journey down with Deanna and learn about, you know, what are, where did her journey start? Where is she now in terms of her journey? And then how did she get into the writing, the books, the videos, just basically hitting us with all segments of good information. So before I say anything else, I'm going to turn over to Deanna to tell us a little bit about herself as we get started. Deanna, it's all yours. Hey, hey. Uh, first and foremost, Greta, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm excited for our time together. Um, welcome everyone that is tuning in. Um, but as Greta said, I am Deanna, and I essentially have the pleasure of being transparent every opportunity I can in hopes that somebody else is able to avoid some of those pitfalls um, that I've definitely experienced. So um, a part of who I am and, and what I do as a parent, as a partner, um, and as a student affairs professional um, is essentially focusing on it being okay to just be who you are and learning how to communicate that to others who are trying to figure out, can you be successful and can you be vulnerable and can you be professional? So I am a fan of unpacking things that we oftentimes try to compartmentalize. Um, and I truly look forward to answering whatever questions you have for me, Retta, uh, so that folks can get a better understanding of why it is that I do what I do. Outstanding, outstanding. And you all are for in for a surprise, in a treat. Um, but I'm going to let it unfold for you also to enjoy because I know firsthand, but this is going to be exciting. So up first, just a little background um, for those tuning in. Deanna and I crossed over at West Georgia. So some of you all may know, I don't talk a lot about it, but um, for those who actually know me, know me personally, my alma mater is West Georgia. Um, I earned my bachelor's there. I earned my master's there. I was there for my master's in a graduate program um, and also connected to housing. And that's how I met Deanna. We were in res life at the same time as I was wrapping up my degree program. I believe Deanna and several others that I truly value were in the middle or towards the end of their time at West Georgia as well. And so I think I left maybe a year before, a year or two before they concluded their programs. But that is how our feet, you know, our feet crossed each other. Of course, I always admired um, the work that Deanna and her team put forth um, in the residence hall and communities that she supported um, during that time. And just throughout the years, we've kept in touch. I've had the pleasure to watch Deanna really put forth some great work out into our field of student affairs and higher education. 
Um, but then just out, just goodness for just anybody that knows her. And one of those good things that she's done, um, she recently published a book um, that Deanna, tell us a little bit about how did you decide to write the book? And then, you know, what's the name of the book and tell us what it's about. Absolutely. Um, so the name of my book is entitled What a Ride, Being a Partner, Parent, and Student Affairs Professional. And how I came about writing the book is experiencing going into motherhood in environments where I had not seen it modeled before. Mm. So as Greta shared, I'm a housing professional. And a part of being an essential personnel in housing oftentimes is living on. Mm -hmm. So you live where you work. Yep. And when I was excited about, you know, being newly married, um, there were maybe one or two coordinators who had partners, but they had not yet tied the knot and thought about growing a family, you know, outside of being pet parents on occasion. Right. Um, so at my third institution was where I found out that, you know, I was having a baby on the way. And I immediately was like, who do I turn to? You know, who do I ask? Because everyone around me and everyone I'm connected with has not yet either even talked about this and or personally experienced it. So me being a learner, I was like, let me Google it, you know? And I remember it talking about how professionals on college campuses provide support for families whose students come and stay with us, but not the individuals who are the caretakers and the managers of the halls growing families or deciding to develop a family. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, where, where can I go? Um, but I remember trying to check out a few smaller spaces and groups where communities would share some insight about, you know, being a parent, you know, as a live-on professional, and it wasn't much. Um, so I was like, you know what? Let me just write about what I'm experiencing because it is my hope that people don't feel like they can love a profession, but it won't necessarily love them back depending on how they desire mm. to experience life or continue to experience life. So the book was essentially birthed out of me trying to figure it out as I went um, and learning how to be vulnerable about experiences with other individuals who were like, you're the first. Like, I've, we've, never, we've never navigated this, but, you know, here, here we go. So that was one of my main motivations. And the secondary was making sure that whoever wanted to Google or ask somebody about you know, can I still do what I love and, and love what I do and grow a family or have anyone come in to, you know, receive support on my end? This book is hopefully going to give them a yes, you can. I mean, here are some things to consider and some lessons learned from a professional who's done it. Um, so that's how I got into writing the book. And as I continued to get positive feedback, um, I soon thereafter realized that there were like really close, small groups kind of like Facebook groups um, that did have parents speaking to their reality of being a live-on professional or a former live-in staff member that is now a supervisor of folks, you know, that are growing families and navigating being an essential personnel and being present, you know, to thrive with having a family. So mm -hmm. that's all I got into the book. Good deal. And I can tell listeners I got copies of Deanna's book so that I could give them to some staff members 
who I knew were trying to juggle being in our field, but then also being just as committed to their work as they were their families. And sometimes that's the rub. It, it, there's not a blueprint for how to like manage that per se until Deanna kind of get open. I say she opened up the door for the conversation to ensue by sharing the narratives of what she experienced. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, my staff members who I saw was navigating that. And then they often didn't feel like that there was a space for it because, you know, I'll just be transparent in our line of work in higher ed. You typically see as you get closer to middle and senior leadership, you either see people who have families, but they have enough support where that conversation doesn't enter the professional space. Or you see people who they have the family pet fur babies. Um, so that's a separate, different dynamic. Or you have folks who, you know, they may have a partnership, but they do not have a child in whatever legal definition of having a child you want to explore. And so knowing that that was a norm in my area of where I support and hire it, I wanted them to, one, know that they weren't alone, but number two, and I think this is why I want to really, really share this out, I myself self-disclosing, I don't have a, um, I, I don't have a, um, an immediate family outside of my birth family, right? And so as a supervisor who needs to be both equitable and inclusive, this helps me better understand some of the needs that maybe my personnel aren't sharing, or they don't have the words to share or they don't know that they're going to be greeted with empathy or is this the right space to share? So I throw that out there to say, sometimes we need to engage in text that doesn't normally maybe not speak to like what our identities are, but how can it better serve you in your place of work or some of your organization so that you can be a better supportive person or an equitable person. Um, so just want to throw that out there, but Taking it back to your sub, Deanna, I have a couple of questions. One about the process, but one about you. I'll start with you. Um, in our side conversation, you mentioned vulnerability, and I think you did too um, when you're talking about yourself. What surfaced for you as a result of working on this project? Like what came up for you or what did you notice? Mm. So there were a lot of things that I noticed. Um, first and foremost, I realized that I'm terrible at prioritizing myself. Um, I'm a person that has a lot of knowledge and wisdom, and most times when I'm encouraging others, I'm speaking that right back into myself. Mm. Um, so when I decided to commit to writing this book, um, I realized that I have a bad habit of putting everybody and everything before what it is I know I need to do for myself. Mm. Um, another thing I noticed is that life happens. Um, just being okay with to go with the, the ebb and flow um, was something that I learned to be inspired by. Um, I am a planner and I'm very organized. So whenever there were times where something that I just didn't even expect to come my way, come my way, sometimes I was really hard on myself about I said I was going to draft X amount of pages or get through this chapter, you know, and here it is. I have to turn my attention and this direction. Mm -hmm. um, so I noticed that it's very important for me to give myself grace 
um, and to give myself time to know that it's okay for me to prioritize what I need to as long as I'm not losing complete sight of myself and the things that I need to do for myself. Um, I definitely realize and notice that it is a journey. So when you commit and you want to do it the right way, um, it is a journey of ups and downs and round and round, but it's your journey. So you decide what you want to make of it. And having those small goals, while you're trying to accomplish your ultimate goal, is what essentially allows you to feel full as you're continuing to chip away at the ultimate finish. But I ultimately noticed that it was rewarding every step of the way. So anytime I committed to, even if it was a sentence or two, or doing some edits, or having somebody I can confide in do another review if Grammarly wasn't picking up X, Y, Z, that was a rewarding process because I've always had that love for writing um, and committing to this book allowed me to realize just how much um, I love to share information in the form of writing my truth to power. It sounds like you gathered a lot of self-efficacy in this process. And I definitely can relate to your journey, especially when you name the prioritization and the planning um, but then also giving yourself the grace. But I, what resonated the most was the other centricness. And I will not go into my favorite topic about talking about, you know, sometimes how those of us who identify as black women, how that other centricness comes naturally through our collective background as being, um, you know, our racial and our, you know, ethnicity, um, we by nature are tribal and collective and we are nurturing and we will take on the world to make life better for other people. But sometimes, like you said, we'll be giving somebody advice. And luckily, if we lean in, we'll hear ourselves feeding ourselves. The messenger always gets a message first. But so many times our focus is on being the messenger that we don't even slow down and see if there's something out there for us in the universe. So Definitely appreciate that. But like I said, I made a promise. I'm not getting on my soapbox. Um, <laughs> and you kind of leaned into my second question already, but I'm going to still ask it. I want to learn, you know, you mentioned what you gathered about yourself, which is really eye-opening. But then also, what did you learn about the process? And, you know, not just about the book, but also mentioned you've been doing some professional writing and leisurely writing. Um, with the blogs. And so what have you learned about the writing process as a whole? I learned that it is worth it. Um, The writing process as a whole is truly life-giving. If it is a passion of yours, um, you will realize if it's something that either drains you or gives you energy when you decide to commit to it. Mm. Um, For me, I realized it was something that energized me to no end. Um, I am still old school with it. So while I have a nice little laptop and all these smart devices, me with a pen to paper is what allows me to really get into my groove. So I started out just free writing. You know, you're taught in higher education settings to do your outline and, you know, to have your citations and to have any sources that you definitely want to shout out. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to speak my truth like it's a journal, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be mindful to 
choose when there are moments to where I can feel okay with vulnerability while being mindful that my story is just that, my story, and there's so many other stories out there. Um, but I learned that not only is it worth it, but it comes with a lot of emotions that will need to be managed. Um, so some days you're going to be ecstatic and you're going to be ready to walk. Um, other days you're going to be like, oof, I know I said I'm going to write X amount a day, but you got to power through. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely learned that you have to have community. Um, this is something that you cannot do by yourself. I say that you can, but I will speak that it will be harder if you decide to do it on your own. Um, so if it's an issue of, mm, I don't know who I can trust. There are so many systems and, and companies that if you have the investment, it'll be worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, so huge shout out to just me realizing that I wanted to self-publish, but given Amazon KDP, a goal was life-changing. There were tutorials, there were examples, there were reviews. I um, mean, all of that was a click away to see, is this the direction for me to go? And outside of Amazon KDP, there were so many others. Um, but what I did learn about the process all in all is that once you have wrote down your attainable goals, even if it's in the form of a vision board, all you need to do is take your time and follow through and be sure to celebrate every small success each step of the way. That is it. Learning how to sell love break. Sometimes we will put on... I don't know, so much stress and strain because we have expectations in our head about how a process should go or timetables. And I like where you ended that. You you named just putting that investment so that you can see where this was going to go for you. And I think that's half the battle. Are you willing to invest in your dreams? I've heard that said in so many interviews But I think sometimes, you know, it's easy to shrink away when you see it's going to take a little bit of elbow, yeah, elbow grease, but it is so worth it in the end. So kudos to you for putting that in. And because as soon as you said, you know, the Amazon KDP, I, yes, as a fellow self-publisher, yes, use the resources, people, which, I mean, you're amazing because you're already at the next question, which is, what suggestions do you have? And you put it out there that you need some community and then that you do need to make some intentional investments um, for your project. But is there anything else that you would share with anybody, whether they want to write professionally for like, you know, an association magazine or you want to get published um, somewhere, whether it's a journal or whether it's something entertainment or if you want to blog or you want to do videos or you want to write a book, like what other suggestions um, would you add? Yeah, um, I would suggest that you never, ever overthink what you are called to do and what you are called to share. Ooh, that's so awesome. if, if you are a writer, um, I'm going to shout out a, a good friend of mine. They always say, write yourself empty and read yourself full. Mm. So as you're continuing to write, don't overthink, just flow with it. And make sure that whenever you are in need of inspiration, if it's not individuals or if you're not a person that's comfortable going down the joys of Google or YouTube, be okay with investing in something like a grammar um, or good old Microsoft Word. Mm-hmm. Um, be okay with reaching out to an old English teacher. Like These are resources that we often sleep on to share appreciation if they were a spark 
somebody that encouraged you to follow through. Um, but just be okay with enjoying however the process shapes um, and know that ebbs and flows are a part of doing what you desire to do. But you're filled with so much knowledge and wisdom. So always get it out and whatever platforms you are drawn to. Um, and be sure that you're always doing your research and asking questions so you can know and decide what is best for you because it's a lot out there. Um, all the way to just the things that I do with my partner with the blog, it's a lot out there to help with the preparation, the planning, the outlining. Um, and sometimes if you want a free flow, my suggestion to you is do just that. Um, and don't ever feel like you have to speak a language that's not your own to where you're getting confused or lost in what you've been called to deliver out. Um, but to me, those would be some absolute things that I would share. Create that plan. Find that community, take advantage of those resources, even if it is good old Microsoft Word and Grammarly. Um, and don't second guess how you show up because there's only one you. And at the end of the day, if you're like, oh, everybody's speaking about this. If you're not, then it doesn't matter. So you speak up regardless of what everybody else is doing and own it. Own your narrative, folks. You heard it first. Own your narrative your narrative if it ain't out there it's not the same nobody can do you better than you That's oh right. listen i'm over here taking notes listen even those of us who are like tend to be courageously to jump out there sometimes you need reminders um imposter syndrome or overthinking and getting in your head that is the number one barrier to like trap you into fear and make you not go the distance Go the distance, folks. Go the distance. That's right. Um, Deanna, if you will, I want you to share with folks where they can find your projects. You mentioned your blog. We know you got a book out. Um, and you've got your video partnership with your spouse. How do people access these if they want to see your materials, if they want to support your book? Um, if they're looking for somebody to like kind of role model and see, you know, well, I hear her talking about this. Let me take a look at her work. So maybe I can get an idea about, you know, what I can do. So how can people follow up on these projects that you've talked about today? Yeah, absolutely. So um, first thing with the book, you can find it on Amazon.com. As soon as you type in being a partner, or you can just state what a ride and allow the following word to be being, B-E-I-N-G. It will pull up. Just look for Deanna C. Hughes and you will be able to copy it that way. Um, if you desire a personalized copy, it is absolutely okay to hit me up on my Weebly page, which is unconventionalsapro.weebly.com. And if you put in there, want a personalized copy of your book in the comments or feedback section, I call it the feedback corner, I would gladly get that shipped out to you. Um, just make sure to give me the necessary information so I can make sure it gets sent where you desire for it to be sent. Um, regarding the vlog that I happily do um, every Saturday around 3.30 with my partner, um, we do it on Facebook right now. So if you go to Facebook, and you just drop in 32, the number 32 degrees of truth, we'll pull right up for you. 
Um, but again, every Saturday is around 3.30. Um, we'll come with some content based on what has inspired us and the feedback that has been provided from the community members that tune in um, and want to hear more on different things. But again, that's 32, the number 32, Degrees of Truth on Facebook.com. Thank you so much for giving us access to how we can follow up and then as well best support you. Deanna, before we wrap up, my final question yeah. of the conversation. Anything else that you want to put out in the atmosphere? It's not even a question, just just a you know, declarative. Is there anything else you want to share with the listenerships, either about your projects, about yourself, or just some words of wisdom? Um, absolutely. Um, I would say as a university housing in the game for 10 years and going, which is crazy to say. Listen, um, that's no. legacy. That's <laughs> so strength. Crazy. You don't say that light. Uh, for those that yeah. don't know. <laughs> Full time, 10 years in the game, y'all. Um, but I, I, I love it. You know, I, I truly feel that it is a huge part of ministry. Um, being able to show up and inspire and empower and challenge and support young adults who are trying to navigate life and who are often in need of someone that's willing um, to be open and honest and listen is everything, y'all. Um, and whether or not we recognize it, no matter what setting you find yourself in professionally, you are a light to folks that are paying attention whether or not you realize it. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to talk about your humble beginnings. Um, it's okay to talk about your setbacks. Um, oftentimes, as professionals, I feel like we are afraid to be honest and talk about our shortcomings. Um, but it is important for us to share those narratives so that folks can see us as human beings that are also navigating life. Um, I'm always joking and telling them, like, look, y'all, I'm trying to get my master's in this parenthood thing. I mean, it has come with some trials and tribulations, but if you have questions, I might have some answers. And if not, I know a couple people who do. Um, so I say all of that to say, know that it's absolutely okay to be yourself, uh, to, to share your story, um, and to let folks know that you ain't got it all together, but you strive every day if that's what you do, um, to make sure that you are in a place to continue to be successful. Um, and I forget who said this, but broken crayons still do color beautifully. Mm. So if you find yourself being a person that's trying to navigate, how do I show up fully as a professional um, and be vulnerable during periods where people are trying to get me or I'm trying to build trust in the team setting, do it and watch how your gift will always make room for you. Um, this is coming from a person that learned how to read and write at an early age and, and fell in love with the right people telling me, you, you got a gift. And I know what all of that meant, but I listened. So always affirm others because you never know how those seeds will develop and grow. Me hearing my fifth grade teacher, Jean McMoran, continue to tell me, like, you got a gift for writing. That's why I started reading the dictionary to learn new words. That's why I started being excited about the Book It program at Pizza Hut. Um, that's why I thought it was cool to go to the library in the summer with my dad and my mom. When I would rather have played basketball, I'm going to keep it 100, y'all. But I fell in love with that because the people who I looked up to and I admired were speaking positive things. The Miss Kims in my life, you know, my mom and my dad. Um, and also helping me to understand that 
you are building up so that you can continue to build up others. Um, so that's the thing that I definitely would want to share. Um, take pride in yourself. Know that it's absolutely okay to not be okay um, and to share that truth so people can see that you are a human that's steadily striving to be your best and feel your best every day. And there it is, folks. We are ending on the highest of notes. Deanna, it's been beyond a pleasure having you on tonight. Um, folks, share your narrative. Be that light. This is Retta Rainbow. Deanna's been sharing with us. Again, she gave you all the different ways you can check into her projects. Look her up sometimes. Hit her up if you have questions. She's easy to talk to. Thank you again for tuning in to Sister Love. And until next time, make it a great one.